Hey everyone, it's Jay Busby, Yahoo Sports Grandstanding. Coming up, we've got Frank Schwab talking week seven in the NFL and why the ratings crisis may be very much overblown. A reminder, if you're not already subscribed to Grandstanding, go subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast provider of choice. Leave us a good review and tell your friends about us. That's how we get big. That's how we take over the world. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Grandstanding. I am Jay Busby. That is Frank Schwab. Kevin Kaduk was on duty at Wrigley Field last night, and uh, it is my sad duty to report to all of you that uh, on his way home from Wrigley Field, he was attacked and consumed by an army of crickets carrying <laughs> revenge from uh, yesterday's show. So, Frank, you saw yesterday, uh, Kaduk, for those of you who don't know, uh, runs our survivor pool, and he lost the first week of the survivor pool, the first week that anybody's lost, so he had to do a punishment For him, it was eating a hot dog with crickets on it. You watched the Facebook Live, just like I did. Were you able to eat anything after that? I No, I was fine. Yeah, I ate, I ate great. Like I, <laughs> as I said, I think the grossest thing he had the whole time was that Snapple. I <laughs> I didn't even know they still made snacks. I didn't either. I, I was like, what is that? I, I was going to, you know, force him just to eat a hot dog with ketchup because he's a Chicago guy and he likes that, uh, you know, celery salt and the neon relish and all that. But he went with the crickets. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on uh, Yahoo Sports Fun. Facebook page. And uh, the crunch I mean, is the, the worst. The, I mean, of all ways to lose a survivor pick, the Atlanta Falcons, your yes. Atlanta Falcons, yes. up 17-0 at the half against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this is – look, last week, by the way, was – I mean, I wrote about it in Power Rankings. Basically, it's it, it. It was just the epitome of we don't know anything. Exactly, everything changes week to week. It's utter parody of the eleven of the fourteen games last week. Nine underdogs won straight up. I mean, what what more do you need to know? That's insane. Yeah, I mean, and the the big one, of course, was the Chiefs losing. After looking looking completely mortal after going five and zero, and they're playing as we tape this. They're playing tonight. So. Um, Bearing in mind that people will be listening to this afterward, uh, you know, lay out what this means for each team. This this Raiders Chiefs game, uh, based on how it shakes out. Sure, I I, I mean, first of all, it, you got to start with the Raiders because if they lose, they're two and five, and it's, I don't want to say it's done, but what at that point you probably have to go eight and one the rest of the way to make the playoffs. Uh, and their schedule is brutal. If you look at their schedule, it's brutal. So. I think there's a playoff game for the Raiders. I think you're going to see the craziest Raiders crowd you've seen in a long time. I think they win. So if people are listening this Friday and the Chiefs have won 31-3, don't, don't hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> I already, already yes. feel tough enough. But I, I think you're going to get a playoff type of performance from the Raiders because they have to win this game. The Chiefs, I mean, if they win, at, at that point, they're going to have – you know, if we're the, I always do this. If they're the NCAA selection committee, you know, the tournament selection committee for basketball, you would look at their quality wins and say, "Wow, this is this is a really good set of wins." They've beat Houston, they've beat Washington, they beat Philly, who we really like, and then you would won at the Raiders a playoff game from last year. So this would just if the if the Chiefs win this, I, I do believe at that point you kind of have to start saying, maybe we do have one great team in the NFL this season, because right now I don't see any. Yeah, there's there's no no team that actually scares you. There's no team that you could say, yep, they're the Golden State Warriors, so you can pencil them into the Super Bowl, pencil them into right. the AFC NFC Championship. Uh, one other thing I wanted to kick around with you, which we can kick around now, because even though the game hasn't been played, was the idea of ratings. Uh, last week, we had the uh, we had the Panthers and we had the Eagles. It was, a, it was a step up. I can't remember who the game was two weeks ago, but it wasn't a great one. There was a step up in ratings. Uh, CBS and the NFL, obviously, they're going to spin it and say, hey, look, we've got better ratings than than last year at this time or that last week at this time. 
Overall, ratings are trending downward, but week to week in certain games, they're up. Obviously, everybody's taking their own piece of the narrative and shaping it however they want. It's the anthem <laughs> protests. It's the president. You, are, What I love about your, your Twitter feed when you get really angry at one thing or another is you just pull one of these arguments to pieces. So let's talk about the ratings for a second. What is, the, what, what is your overarching sense of the ratings and why there is a decline? All right, you're gonna you're gonna set me off on a rant here. I am good. because this is one. It's one subject where I think the narrative is really dumb. It's like it's a one of those. What are we even talking about here? The NFL, as we've I've talked about it here before. The NFL runs circles around everything else. I, I bet that if you look at the ratings for like the NBA, the NBA put together the two best matchups it possibly could on Tuesday night. And I love the NBA. I have nothing against the NBA. I watch the NBA. I've watched it the last two nights. Big win by the Bucks last night, by the way. The <laughs> If you put those ratings hey, say, together. Uh, say Giannis Antetokounmpo really fast. Yeah, I just it's just Greek freak to me because there's no <laughs> way I'm pronouncing that, even though, I've, uh, even though I love the guy. Yeah. Anyway, if you put the ratings of those two games together, they – they probably are like one third of a normal NFL game. I, I mean, it's one of those like we get. I always do the comparisons of like, you know, Indians Cubs World Series Game Seven last year did like the rating of a, a Packers Cowboys regular season game. You know, I mean, it's so what one thing we have to keep in mind is when we talk about ratings, if they're declining at all, and I'll get to that in a second. If they're declining at all, it is because the NFL such sets such a large. A great bar for themselves that there's nowhere to go but up. I, I mean, it's it, we do. I think we do have to compare this to other sports because what else are we comparing it to? We're comparing it to the NBA. We're comparing it to college football. And I think this was a good one in week. I think it was week two of the NFL and week three of college football. There was a big Cowboys game, I believe, and it did 24 million viewers. That was the week the biggest college game was Oklahoma Ohio State. That did eight million, and that was the biggest game they had. One third of the NFL's biggest game that week, and every other game was four million or less. So when we're when we're talking about ratings, we have to we can't just say, "Wow, the NFL's ratings are three percent down." Well, they're three percent down off of this incredible runaway train of ratings. Everything's going down right now because because a lot of people don't sit and watch anything for three hours in a row. It's amazing the NFL can keep the 20-some million people it gets for its main game every week. Like the, the Steelers-Chiefs last week did great rating. Nothing else does that. Nothing else comes close to that. So when we're talking about a ratings decline, we're talking – it's really skewed. It's it's a, it's a bad comparison almost because you're holding the end of a hostage to the success it's had in the past ratings-wise. So that's my first problem with it. The second problem is rating – we can say ratings are overall down, but what, what are we talking about? We're – Week one was really down. Well, a lot of people are dealing with hurricanes. <laughs> That's a big reason people didn't watch. So week one was down. Since then, if you compare, the ratings have been great. The ratings have been up. The, I know the Chiefs-Steelers did a big number. The week before that, Packers-Cowboys did a huge number. Ratings overall, I mean, it, it's really penalizing them a lot for week one when, again, the the hurricane. All Florida was dealing with a hurricane. You're not watching right. NFL football when you don't have power. So right. I, I think that overall the ratings are doing just fine. Are they down a little bit? Yeah, but ratings for everything are down a little bit because people aren't sitting and watching anything for three hours anymore. They're on their phone. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're watching in different ways. They're streaming. They're, it's just a different the, – the media landscape is fractured. So just by you know putting out the – the tweet of like, oh, the ratings are down. Well, are they? I, I don't. 
I don't really think the ratings are, are in any way bad or a negative on the NFL, but we've gotten to this point in 2017 where everything needs to be picked apart. Everything good needs to be bad. You need to go on Twitter and complain about anything popular. The NFL is doing fine. It's The league has never been more competitive. There are 25 teams. I wrote about this again when I was talking about the parody of the league. There are 25 teams either leading their division or with one loss of their division leader right now. 25 of 32 teams basically feel like, well, one good week, I'm going to be in first place. That's great for the league. It's unbelievable for the league. There's been great games. Yes, the injuries stink, but what can you do about that? I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, there's nothing the NFL can do to avoid a J.J. Watt injury or Aaron Rodgers injury. So I think the product's fine. I think the ratings are fine. I think that all of this madness about, like, Ratings are down because of protests. Well, really? Are they? I, I don't know. I think that we're, we are listening too closely to a lot of very vocal people who are a minority. And if you gave up football that quickly just because a certain president told you to give up football, were you that big of a football fan anyway? I, I don't I just I <laughs> A think certain whole, president? You're, you're talking like there's several presidents. Yeah, it's ra- ranting. <laughs> r- wrapping up my rant here, yes. I just think that this is a. I just think this is such an overblown story and a lot of mis- misuse of facts. And I just think the NFL is doing just fine. I think it's. I think when you compare it to any other thing in the sporting landscape, it is still running circles around everything. Bravo on the rant, first of all. And yeah, the 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 fascinating ways that you can use statistics to prove whatever you want. You go and you take a graph and you say three percent down, but you show only a small fraction of that graph. It looks like it's a it's a huge decline it's a monstrous decline from 100 down to 97 so that's the right. that's the tricky part about trying to have these kinds of conversations is is how do we understand whether the NFL is falling and and wh- why what the reasons are behind it i think that you you mentioned a couple times the 3 hour playing time this is something that i think the NFL ought to start taking a little more credit for, not to be a shill for the NFL, but take a look at college football. Take a yeah. look at baseball. Those games Baseball's are taking... Baseball's been unbelievable. Oh, God. They're, they're, they're lasting until 1231 in the morning Eastern right. time. And, and and football, you're pretty much guaranteed in and out in 3, 310. So they, they, right. they've managed to keep it... Because that's why the World Cup, one of the reasons why that was so popular, you knew... You were going to be yeah. in and out in a, in two hours. That's it, and and maybe three minutes of stoppage time. That's it. And NFL, I think, ought to take some more credit for that because you people don't have the the mindset and the ability anymore to sit in front of a TV for three and a half hours. <laughs> right, and I, I mean, college football to me, some days is just insufferable with how long it is. I mean, it is four hours and. You just feel like you've gone through a war by the time a game is over. Like, my goodness, I could have watched, like you said, I could watch two World Cup games in this time. So you're right. I think the pace of play has been very good in the NFL. They do a good job. You know, I mean, sometimes you get an overtime game. Sometimes you get a long injury uh, delay. That happens. There's nothing you can do about that. But usually you can count on three hours, you know, 315, somewhere in that area. I, I, I think the pace of play has been fine. Again, what are, what are the biggest problems we have with the NFL? It's probably, well, it's injuries. We had a, a situation in an eight-day stretch where we lost. If you were saying who are the five biggest stars in the NFL, you probably would have said Brady, Rodgers, Watt, Beckham and throw in somebody Gronk or Cam maybe and we lost three of those three of the top four I think in an eight-day stretch but there's nothing the NFL could do about that there's not what are you gonna do J.J. Watt broke his leg okay there's there's no safety issue there they're just that's going to happen in a violent sport the injury issue stinks but there's nothing the NFL can do about that I think everything else with the game has been very good. One thing I, I don't like is Thursday Night Football, as we've talked about a tremendous amount of time, but that's here to stay, so whatever. I do think officiating, 
there are some crews that just throw too many flags. And we, it seems like every Monday night we get it because McDonough and Gruden really don't hold back. They just, they just rip these officiating crews and there shouldn't be a game where 25 flags are thrown. Like let these guys play a little bit, but these are all things that every sport's dealing with something. I mean, the NBA is dealing with stars sitting and, you know, Greg Popovich sitting most of his guys every fifth day or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's dealing, baseball's dealing with the, the pace of play has really, really gotten bad. And, you know, I, and the NHL, like a lot of their top stars don't have any personality, as our friend Greg Wyshynski was talking about on Twitter the other day. But every every sport has an issue. I think the NFL's issues are, are just fine. But since they're the king and everybody wants to take shots at them, we hear about it all the time. We hear about, oh, the NFL suffering. So is the NFL suffering? I think the league has been great this year. I think I like parity. I like when we go into a week and we have no idea what's going to happen. And we don't know from week to week. It, it just makes it every game has intrigue because we don't know who these teams are. We everybody's competitive. Everybody's good except the Browns. It's it, it makes <laughs> it makes for a really good league, I think, when we're everybody's gonna talk about, oh, you just have a lot of mediocrity. Well, not really. I, I think just a from one through thirty one, everybody's pretty competent. I, I mean, and that's that's saying something about the NFL right now. Well, let me let me focus in on one thing that you said there. You said that there's nothing that the league can do about injuries, and you're right. When you lose three of some your biggest injuries, stars, some, some well, I mean, you know. no, I, I, don't, I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm not cross examining you here, but I had someone ask me an interesting question on on Sports Talk Radio this week. Uh, they said, "Could we be headed for a time when NFL quarterbacks are protected to the degree that NFL kickers are, where you can't lay a hand on them without drawing a flag?" It seems absurd now. But, I mean, you know, project forward 20 years when you've had several marquee quarterbacks knocked out. Could we be headed toward a time when the the rules for the quarterback, the halo gets even bigger and more protective? That's that's interesting. I don't think so. I don't – I think that would be such a fundamental shift. I think they've shifted it so far already that – you know, they, they protect them really well. The low hits, for sure. The late hits, obviously, we see that all the time, except for Cam Newton, for some reason. He gets no calls. But <laughs> the the I, I think we just see we, – we, I don't know what more you can do. Maybe, you know, the, the hit that Anthony Barr had on Aaron Rodgers has drawn a lot of discussion. I think it was totally unnecessary. If you watch the play, just from, you know, what Anthony Barr is thinking in his head, he sees Aaron Rodgers throw the pass. At that point – the only reason to hit Aaron Rodgers to is to inflict pain and try to hurt him. Like every player at the end of the day is going to say, Oh, I hate to see other guys get hurt or get injured. Well, Anthony Barr is trying to injure Aaron Rodgers. Like, like, I don't know how else you can view that, but it's legal within the, within the, the scope of the rule book. He took his one step. He hit Aaron Rodgers. He brought him to the ground within the rule book. He's fine. He's not going to get fined or suspended or a penalty or anything. But until you get rid of that mindset of, I can watch an NFL game and see players probably every two out of three plays that are, ta- you know, with a tackle that aren't incomplete passes or anything, unnecessarily hit an opponent. I mean, we see it all the time. A guy's almost on the ground, and somebody comes in to finish him off. Well, what are you doing that for? You're doing that to inflict pain. I know that's the culture. I know that that's the way the NFL's been played. But until we get rid of that mindset, there's going to be injuries like that, like we saw with Aaron Rodgers and, and the Aaron Barr hit, I, but, or the Anthony Barr hit. I don't see the game fundamentally changing other than that though. I mean, unless you, you start to try to get rid of some of the unnecessary hits, 
you're always going to be able to hit the quarterback because otherwise the game just you might you really I hate that when people say well why don't we just play two hand touch but if that at that point you are playing two hand touch if you can't hit the quarterback like Anthony Barr hit Aaron Rodgers so I I, I don't think it's going to fundamentally change that much but maybe you're going to see more protection of quarterbacks because when quarterbacks get hurt it's just bad for the game it's bad for all of us, it's bad for the teams, it's bad for business, it's bad for viewers, it is bad for everybody. Yeah, and you would start to see any quarterback that can't throw for 6,000 yards in a year is going to be you know, considered washed up because quarterbacks <laughs> left so much time. to. Plus, you know, it, 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 we're complaining already about the flags. Imagine if they start calling even more penalties. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, it's the law of unintended consequences. I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting thought experiment no, because because we you know we say there's nothing you can do and yet you've got your biggest freaking names out of the, for the year you know how yeah. do you how do you even resolve that how do you deal with that so it's 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 an ugly situation for the NFL but it's one of those those perfect storms everything going wrong at the right at the wrong moment i suppose yeah and i mean it's and again the quarterbacks are different i mean there are the guys paid the most there are the guys the game is centered around are the gay the guys who promote you know i mean the nfl promotes quarterbacks more now anybody else obviously would talk about quarterbacks all the time so if anybody is going to get that kind of rule change protection it's going to be quarterbacks but i boy it's it's hard for me to believe they get much more protection a little bit maybe with the rules but not they're already protected pretty well from injury and just something you know what it's a violent game and sometimes things are just going to happen sometimes guys are just going to get hurt (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of quarterbacks and being the marquee guys, uh, earlier this week ESPN had an article where they surveyed people and they said who would win the most most uh, Super Bowls in the next ten years. The winner, Tom Brady. How That's it, fascinating is it? Is it's, it's fascinating just because people think that Brady is immortal. But beyond that, where do you stand on this? How I mean, Brady certainly has got at least one or two more. But I mean, that might be enough to win the most over the next 10 years and two, but, but where do you stand on Brady as a uh, immortal quarterback? I, I just, I don't know, Jay. It's like, I keep looking up the history and saying he can't keep doing this. If I, I've written about this 800,000 times and I've probably talked about <laughs> here, but here's the history of 40 year old quarterbacks. That's good. Brett Favre had a magical 2009 season with the Vikings. People probably remember it almost went to the Super Bowl. He had a rating of about 102. And at everybody among everybody else, Warren Moon had a rating of about eighty three point seven as a forty one year old. I, I believe he was with maybe it was a Kansas City then. That's it. That's a whole list of good quarterbacks <laughs> past four years old. Nobody else has posted a rating over eighty. And here's Tom Brady on pace for I think fifty four hundred yards. He's he's looking great. I, I mean, the Patriots haven't looked great, but he's certainly not the problem. And you just wonder like. If this guy's throwing for fifty four hundred yards this year, is next next year he's gonna hit the wall? Really? Like I don't think so. I so if we can't project him to be hitting the wall next year, can we project him to be hitting the wall two? It's one of those things where I had this battle in my mind of the guy I watch on Sundays with number twelve on his back is not looking anything like he's near the end, but history tells me what he's doing is absolutely an outlier aside from again the one Brett Favre season. Compared to everything else in the what ninety eight years of the NFL, the, the NFL has been played. So I don't know, man. I, I I found it fascinating that people would would claim Tom Brady with all the young quarterbacks in the league. Even Aaron Rodgers, just thirty three, could have easily said him because he's got at least five, six, seven years in his prime left. But you know, you got your 
you know, Mariota, Winston, Prescott, uh, Deshaun Watson, Luck is probably going to be back at some point, obviously. You have all these young quarterbacks, but you have people who are still like, no, Tom Brady's going to win the most Super Bowls in the next 10 years. <laughs> I, who would you pick? I, I, I'd I pick Rodgers. I, I just think he has enough time in his prime left to win a couple more. But who would you pick? Yeah, that, I, I, I don't think you can go against Rodgers. I hate to go with the, the easy cliche, but, you know, it's 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 Brady and it's Rodgers, obviously asterisk right now, but but it's everyone else. But, you know, I wonder if we're going to see more guys. It's, it, this is this is where the balance comes in, because, I mean, of those 98 years of quarterbacks, most of them were keeping themselves going by just pickling themselves with whiskey and, and, and burger grease, <laughs> you know. So Brady's taking him so much better care of himself. A, will we see that with players doing that now, taking better care of themselves? Or B, will they have so much money that they'll be like, screw this, I'm pulling a Tony Romo bailing out in my mid-30s? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, yeah, it's we haven't seen an elite quarterback really. I mean, Romo had a lot of injury concerns. I mean, he's... I think that's the reason he walked away. If Tony Romo was perfectly healthy, well, A, he wouldn't have ever lost his starting job. Right. But B, I don't think he walks away. I don't think he's playing for CBS right now if he had no injury concerns. If he hadn't had the broken bones in his back and you know, all the stuff he's gone through. So I don't think we've seen a healthy quarterback at his prime really walk away that I can think of. You know, I mean, that had legitimately three, four, five good years left. We see guys hold on till the end, really. So... I'm curious. I'm curious to see where it goes and if guys, you know, they do make a ton of money. Derek Carr wanted to basically play five more years and quit. He set up the rest of his life and he's about 29 years old, right? So I don't think he's going to do that, but it could happen. I I, I just think that, that you're going to see quarterbacks. I think a 40 will be the new norm. We've seen guys. We even see Philip Rivers playing really well late in his to to into his career. We see obviously Breeze, Brady. Manning until that last year, and he, even he was dealing with a, a neck surgery he should, never should have came back from. So I, I think that 40 is going to be the new norm for quarterbacks, and maybe Brady just plays till 45. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> why can't he at this point? Every, I, if anybody can, I guess it's Brady. He plays in a good system. He's smart, usually getting rid of the ball. He's taking a lot more sacks this year. But he takes great care of his body. He's playing at this unbelievable level. I, why can't Tom Brady play five more years, as crazy as it sounds? Tom Brady playing another five years. The Yankees becoming good again. It's just, it's a oh. nightmare scenario, man, all the way around. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Alabama's still going to win the next Yeah, five. Alabama's so set just, up, you know. exactly. The, the, the dynasties aren't going anywhere. All right, let's take a look at week seven real quick. Uh, speaking of Brady, we've got that Falcons-Patriots rematch. Nobody here in Atlanta is really looking at this as anything other than, okay, fine. we got to hear a bunch of 28-3 to 3 jokes. If we win this, who cares? <laughs> if we lose this, it's it's not the end of the world because it's the Patriots. You know, it's not it's a, it's a tough game. I think it was four and a half New England the last I saw. But uh, what's your breakdown of this game real quick? I want to ask you first because I want to know what do people in Atlanta think of the Falcons right now? Because if you look at their season, if you look at their five games, I thought, you know, after week two, everybody was like, wow, the Falcons are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, they barely beat the Bears, but they destroyed the Packers, and they did win against the Bears, so they're 2-0. And now you look, and it's like, okay, you barely beat the Bears. You lost back-to-back home games to the Bills and the Dolphins. The second one when you led 17-zip. I, I mean, it's just... I don't, and you barely beat the Lions, too, when, you know, I mean, that Golden Tate ruling, obviously, was weird. 
What do people in Atlanta think of the Falcons right now? Because I'm I'm starting to think that this is not the team we expected. No, no. There's immense frustration going on. Everyone is like this. Yet another collapse. Again, another second yeah. half collapse. This this starts to become. Everybody loves Dan Quinn. He's he's had he's yeah. had the coaching honeymoon that nobody in Atlanta has had since since Bobby Cox back in the early 1990s. And yet you start to think, wait a second. You've got all of these second half collapses. At some point, when do you start looking to the coaches and saying, hey, guys, this is your job to keep the team focused for all 60 minutes? I've seen uh, people questioning Sarkeesian and his play calling yep. because Matt Ryan's quarterback rating has fallen off so dramatically. It's such a significant drop off from Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah, it's no one in Atlanta. You know, I've, I've said this before. No one in Atlanta is, is comfortable with a championship until about two years after the banner is hung. So no one is <laughs> going to get too comfortable if Atlanta does well again. If Atlanta, I, I see no reason why they won't at least make a good playoff run. But uh, you know, no one's going to get too comfortable. But yeah, there is frustration at. There's always frustration when a team performs below its obvious ability, and and yeah. these last two weeks have definitely been that for the Falcons. These last two games, I should say, have definitely. Yeah, been no that. doubt, no doubt. I, I yeah, I don't know what to make of the Falcons anymore. I don't know what to make of the Patriots either. I watched them struggle along with the Jets on Sunday, and 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 if that that weird Austin, you know, you wrote about the worst rule in sports with yeah. the Gurley thing, and then it happens right again with Austin Sperry and Jenkins. I I honestly thought it was a touchdown. No matter how many times I look at it, I think he's controlling it by the time he gets out of bounds. Uh, if they if the Jets score there, the Jets might upset the New England Patriots, and and the Patriots have not played a great half of a gr- great game of football. They played one great half, and that was the first half against the Saints, Week Two. The rest of the time, they've they've been mediocre. They've I mean, I know Patriots fans get so uptight when you when you point that out because oh, Belichick. Will, well, yeah, maybe Belichick will fix the, this, but it doesn't erase the fact that we're six weeks into the season and they haven't looked good. They, they don't look great. They look fine. They're four and two. But they haven't looked great, so I don't know what to make of the Patriots either. I, I'm gonna—I'll pick the Patriots because I—I just kind of have this blind faith in New England, and I haven't seen anything out of Atlanta. But I don't know, man. I—I I don't know either of these. I mean, we thought at the beginning of the season this was going to be the game of the year, as it might be. I don't know. But now it's just like two teams that are just kind of stuck in the fog, and we have no idea what to make of either. <laughs> I remember the Patriots had that opening game against Kansas City. Kareem Hunt goes and fumbles on his first ever touch as a pro. Yeah. The Patriots go down and score, and, and within like three minutes of the game, you're thinking, oh, Christ, this is going to be just the Patriots grinding again. But then, of course, Kansas City came back and won and, and upset the entire narrative, capital N narrative, that we carry around with this team for so long. Yeah, and I, yeah, if you remember that game, Gronkowski had a touchdown get uh, reversed, or else it was going to be fourteen zip. Yeah, and it was like, oh wow, the Patriots are just going to just lay waste to everybody this year, and it has not happened. They got really lucky to beat Houston. You know, they just they obviously lost to the Chiefs. They they beat the Saints, which is looking like a better and better win every week. But this isn't the Patriots team we expected. It's just not. I I don't. I, I'm sorry, Patriots fans. I know you. I know you're so sensitive about that, but. Maybe it gets turned around. Maybe they end up winning a Super Bowl. I don't know. But right now, they're just one of many, many teams that's kind of just, eh, okay, they're they're okay. <laughs> well, let's take a rundown of the uh, the rest of the games. We won't go through every single one. But one I want to look at, at 4.05 Eastern on Fox, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Cowboys, 49ers. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, how great mem- memories do you have of the 1990s with these games man i know this game's gonna suck the cowboys are gonna win it's not gonna be any any much of a challenge really unless... i don't know uh, I don't... You, you think so well the 49ers well zeke's gonna be playing apparently yeah so yeah. uh you, know, you don't know exactly how long they'll have 
but uh, but how great were those games back in the nineties, man? I mean, you would plan your entire oh. week around a Cowboys 49ers game. Oh yeah. I mean, those were two superpowers. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever see anything like that again, just because, you know, again, the, the whole league is parody, parody, parody. Those were two heavy. That was Frazier Ali. I yeah. mean, that was just, uh, and then you had Dion jumping from one to the other. I mean, there was oh, just yeah. so much intrigue. Oh, I love that stuff. Oh, it was great. It was a great, great, great rivalry. And they, they legitimately would, would talk some trash. They didn't like each other that much. So, you know, just because there's two great teams, there's two alpha teams basically going at it. I, I, it was awesome. It was, I remember I was living in Southern California at the time in 94, and this was uh, the Rams Raiders, I believe it was their last season. They played each other. So you figure in a, a, a you know, crosstown rivalry, Rams Raiders, everybody was angry in Southern California because <laughs> that game was going to be on at the same time Cowboys 49ers was on. So you couldn't watch Cowboys 49ers because they have to play the local game, obviously. And I went to my local sports bar there, and it was packed. Like, oh, yes. everybody was like, screw the Rams-Raiders game. I don't want to watch this. I want to watch Cowboys 49ers. So that day, uh, it was a – it was a, and I was in the corner watching a Green Bay Packers game. <laughs> it was on one TV. That's right. Uh, the rest of the games, you know, you, you, at first glance, it doesn't look like much of a slate. But uh, which of them – I don't know if you have it pulled up in front of you, but which of them yeah. jumps out of you? There's a ton. I, the one game that I'm really interested – and by the way, the real quick on the 49ers. The 49ers sum up the NFL this season, don't they? They're 0-6, and we think, uh, 0-6 49ers. The 49ers have lost their last five games by 13 points. They, <laughs> they haven't lost a game by more than a field goal, and they played three road games in a row. I, As much as I think the Cowboys probably will win, I don't know, man. I, the 49ers are, are going to – break out against somebody because they've been knocking on the door for weeks. So that's actually could end up being a pretty fun game. The The game I'm really looking at is Saints-Packers. Yep. Because now what do we make of the Packers? Like, I'm very – I am I think I'm way more optimistic than most people on Brett Hundley. I've seen him play in the preseason. I, I liked him at UCLA. I thought he was a good player there. I thought he got, I thought it was a steal for the Packers in the fifth round of that draft. And then in the preseason, he's been very, very good. And all this nonsense about like, oh, Tony Romo out of retirement or trade for Scott Polsey. No, no, you're giving this kid a chance. And maybe in a month he stinks and you do something else. But you are giving Brett Hundley a chance, if nothing else, because if he plays well for 10 games, you're going to trade him for something good. So I, I actually like the Packers with Hundley. I'm interested to see them. I, they're not a Super Bowl contender anymore. They're not the Aaron Rodgers Packers. But I still think they could be a good football team. And uh, they're going against a Saints team that's had this great revival. So I'm really interested in that game. I think that that is one of those games where it's just like there's so much intrigue and kind of mystery to the Packers right now that I'm really interested to watch. Yeah, you've got well, – got, Brent Hundley's got his, uh, his Matt Castle, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo moment here where he can step yeah. up and he can, he can make – I don't know what his contract status is, but he could just right. make absolute bank yeah. next year, you know, because – Everybody's yeah. gonna be grasping for a quarterback that has has at least halfway his, his Brock Osweiler moment. I mean, that's that's an even yes. more yeah. relevant yeah. recent comparison. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, Brett Hundley can run very well. He's a good runner. He can throw very well on the move. He's a good pocket quarterback. Good arm. I mean, this is this is a quarterback. I'm I'm legitimately interested to see. I, I'm excited to see him. I think with a full week of practice reps, he's going to be fine. I, I'm I'm interested in this game. I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, one that, that should have been a huge matchup, but doesn't seem to be much of one anymore is, uh, Bengals Steelers. You know, obviously Steelers are not quite sure what to make of them. Bengals are, are underperforming. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you take of this big AFC North matchup? 
And that's the thing. What do you make of the either of these teams? What do you make of any of the thirty-two? Teams? <laughs> I guess specifically they all suck. Guy. the Steelers is just like you know. Even though they win, everybody's talking about oh, Martavis Bryant wants to get traded now. It's like, can you go a week without some drama? Yeah. Can you go like the Steelers? Always one of those teams we think about. Nothing's ever wrong. Mike Tomlin runs a tight ship, and now it's like. Every week there's some drama. Ben throwing Antonio Brown under the bus after Antonio Brown's meltdown, and now Martavis Bryant wants out of town. Like, can we just have a week where the Steelers aren't like this drama? Like, I so I think that has affected them. Although I picked them to win last week, and they did, and I was very happy about that. But I don't know that we can count on them from week to week like this. And the Bengals have played a lot better since changing coordinators. They're getting a little healthier. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I really do. And it wouldn't shock me if the Bengals won. I, the Bengals are, again, we get to this point in the season when your record is a certain, like the, we talked about the Raiders before, when your record is a certain point, the Bengals are realizing, wow, if we go two and four, we almost have to win out at that point, or pretty close to it. So I think you're going to get the best of the Bengals this week, and I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Uh, same time of the, of the day, uh, you've got – uh, you got the Seahawks versus the Giants. Now the Seahawks, they are obviously a few years past their their Legion of Doom prime. This is where I want to ask you about the whole distraction idea because we've had both Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett in the news of late for the comments that they've made about Colin Kaepernick, about Jerry Jones. Michael Bennett made this oblique reference to, to players being property, which went over real well with a segment of uh, the, the <laughs> Twitter public. Uh, how much do you think that, that, that these kinds of outside political distractions and having to comment on this, or, or not necessarily having to comment, wanting to comment on these issues, affects a team like the Seahawks? You know, I think with any other team it, it would, and you could worry about that, but the Seahawks are different than every other team. And I, I, I've been lucky enough to be around them enough, you know, covering various playoff games, Super Bowls, whatever, that they're just different than every other NFL team. Their Their locker room is... I don't know if chaotic's the right word, but they're just, I think Pete Carroll just allows those guys to be themselves. It reminds me of John Madden in the 70s with the Raiders. Not like, you know, they're not out, I'm not saying they're out carousing or anything, but they're just, Pete Carroll allows those guys to be who they are because he knows they're going to show up on Sunday and, and play well. And so when Richard Sherman's talking about this or that, or Michael Bennett's, may, you know, talking about politics or, you know, whatever happened with him with the police in Las Vegas, I don't think that is a distraction for the Seahawks. That's just normal operating procedure. And I think they appreciate the fact that they can be human beings and it, you know, in, in kind of a roundabout way, they play harder for Pete Carroll because they know here's a guy who's kind of one of us. Like he, he, he at least tries to understand us and tries to give us freedom as, as men to, to speak the way we want to speak. To, they could because he knows he trusts that we're going to ball out on Sunday. So I don't think that's a big deal for the Seahawks, just because again they're they're different than every other NFL team. Where if, if some of these guys in those NFL locker rooms said anything, they would be muzzled from the media for the net rest of the year. <laughs> uh, it's interesting you say that because I had the, the the strangest experience, the strangest atmosphere in a losing locker room that I've ever seen was in Carolina after the the Panthers in the Super Bowl mm. season beat the Seahawks. Same exact thing, right down the line. You go in there, usually a locker room, is, is it's a funeral. Everyone has their head down. Here, I, I heard people laughing. There were people talking. And it wasn't in a disrespectful way. It was just kind of a, well... We didn't get to where we wanted to be. We didn't expect to win. Uh, we, we, we would have liked to win, but it didn't work out. But there's bigger things than football. It just seemed to be a different atmosphere than, than, you know, very and very much in line with what you're saying, a different atmosphere than I've seen from other playoff teams when they lose. Yeah. I mean, NFL teams, I, everybody knows this by now. It's, it's a... 
it's a very conservative league, and I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about don't say anything. Don't say anything to rile up the opponent. Don't say anything controversial. And with the Seahawks, you go in there and you're like, wow, is this real? Like they, they will say anything at any time. They do not care. They do not care if they if they upset somebody. They don't care if they you know. I remember it's funny because Jimmy Graham's on that team now. I remember the playoff game where they had the the spat with Jimmy Graham before the game and all that. And those guys were just blasting Jimmy Graham. They didn't care. (laughs) Whatever. We're the Seahawks. We don't, it's that swagger they have about them that I really love. I love covering the Seahawks. I think they're awesome. They're really fun. Um, You know, everybody talks like Richard Sherman's maybe not even their best talker. (laughs) He's maybe one of the best talkers in the NFL. Like I love Michael Bennett, love Earl Thomas. Anyway, Yes, just the swagger they bring. I don't think this is a. Uh, I don't think it's a distraction at all. If anything, it, it's just one of those. They, they'll play. They'll play well on Sunday. If if they don't play well on Sunday, it's because their offensive line stinks. It's not because of anything they're saying in the media. All right, let's wrap it up here. Uh, any last games? Any other games that we didn't hit that uh, the jump out at you of this? We got Buccaneers Bills. We've got uh, Titans Browns in a killer matchup. We got Panthers Bears, which could be fun seeing Trubisky. Any of these jump out at you? You know, I, Titans Browns is actually I I just kind of wonder, right? Like the Browns are going to beat somebody, and they've looked so bad. But this is kind of just if the Browns lose this, who who are they beating? Who are they going to beat? It's a trap game for Tennessee, is what you're saying. Yeah, you're coming off a kind of an important Monday night win, but Marcus Mariota can't move. Like my maybe he's better six days later, but I was watching Marcus Mariota on Monday night saying. This guy can't move around. Like, I mean, he he's still a good pocket quarterback, so he pulled out that win. But I, I'm kind of on a, a little bit of, like, maybe there's a little bit of an upset alert. I'm also interested in Cardinals-Rams just because, man, this Adrian Peterson story is really fun. Yeah. Like, I, it's it, – what if he's just, like, re, re, reborn? Like, he's going to play really well for the last 11 weeks of the season with the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really interested to see Adrian Peterson, and I think there's other there's just good games because we get to this point where it's like do or die, not do or die time, but there's a fork in the road for some teams like the Denver Broncos. You're three and two. You just came off an absolutely embarrassing, horrible loss at home to the Giants. Now you play a tough Chargers team. Who are you? Are you a four and two team? It's gonna kind of feel pretty good about itself after the first six weeks, or are you gonna squander a pretty good start and end up three and three after losing to the Chargers? Like, I mean, there's a fork in the road for a lot of these teams. The Jaguars are another one at three and three. Titans are another one. So th- this is an interesting week. It's, it's it's kind of a fork in the road week of who are you? Are, are you here to stay? Are the Saints really for real? They're gonna come out of Green Bay four and two or three and three? We it's 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 a good week that way. I think that that most of these games have some intrigue. Well, there you go. Good rundown, sir. Everybody else out there, enjoy it. We know you're going to be watching. You can say that you don't want to watch football. We know you're going to be watching. We won't tell. We won't tell on you. We're, we're your friends. But uh, enjoy the games. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab and at Jay Busby. Uh, we will be on the games all weekend. We hope you enjoy it. We'll be back next week with plenty more. For Frank Schwab and the Wrigley-bound Kevin Kadok, I'm Jay Busby. It's been grandstanding on Yahoo Sports. <laughs>